Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 18 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And this is the first installment of the Combine edition of the Ready for the Draft podcast. That's right. Obviously, NFL Combine is next in our pre-draft process. Senior Bowl was wrapped up. And now we're rolling straight into the Combine, February 28th through March the 6th. The on-field workouts, well, they're going to start on Thursday, March the 2nd, all the way through the weekend, culminating with Sunday, March the 5th. Running backs and offensive linemen. Wait, what? That's right. Running backs and offensive linemen, we're used to seeing them start the workouts and really start everything and really get uh, set the tone for the Combine. Well, this year... They're doing things a little bit differently. It's all about defense up front. So we're going to see the defensive linemen and linebackers on Thursday finish things out with the running backs and offensive linemen there on that Sunday. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a little bit different, not to what we're used to. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be a lot of fun to really see the defensive players be the guys that are setting the tone for the rest of the combine and the rest of the workouts. So what I want to do with this segment of the Ready for the Draft podcast is, is really take a look at each of these positions as we lead up to the Combine. So over the next few days, we'll be breaking down each of these position groups, starting with defensive line. There are 50 guys in this defensive line group, a lot of guys to talk about. Really want to let you know what I'm going to be expecting, what I'm going to be looking for with a lot of these prospects as we get into the Combine. So obviously, D-lineman number one, so DL1, is going to be Ade Adebare out of Northwestern. Now, with, with Adebare, th- this is a guy who is known for his strength at the point of attack, right? This guy is very strong. You love the power in his hands, the bull rush, his ability to drive guys back, the power in his hands to stun offensive linemen coming off the football. This is a guy, look, 24 and a half tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks to his credit as well. Six pass breakups, four forced fumbles, has a nose for the football. Really the biggest thing when I think about him, though, is the power, the bull rush ability, his ability to set a strong edge against the run. He's all about power. I want to see Adebare, the athlete. That's really what I'm going to be looking for with him. Is he the type of athlete that you really want to see out of your defensive ends? Is he more likely going to be a, a, a early to mid day three pick? I think that's ultimately where we're going to see him is probably in that fourth, fifth round range. What I really love about him, though, is that power. And that, that's one of the things that's going to speak volumes. We're going to see him probably rep out a ton of reps there at 225 in the bench press. Uh, but I think Adebare is a guy who could potentially move his way into uh, day two consideration when it's all said and done, depending on how that workout goes. MJ Anderson out of Iowa State. Look, everyone talks about Will McDonald, the fourth, and rightfully so. This is a guy who's a fringe first-round player. MJ Anderson needs to really make a name for himself, really kind of step th- step up at the combine and really showcase why you know, he's, he's entering the draft, why he's made himself available. And uh, the Minnesota transfer came in. Look, you know, nine tackles for loss, three and a half sacks in 2022. Uh, a guy who plays with a ton of effort. Um, predictable pass rush moves. This is a guy who I thought played very well against the run. Held up well against the run. Pass rush, he's still pretty raw when it comes to that. So 
you want to see the athlete, you know, the athleticism there as well. Can he bend? So you're going to be seeing, you know, the change of direction as well. I think some of the change of direction we saw some of that against the run, but I'm really curious to see, you know, what what type of uh, ability does he have when he's turning the corner? Can he bend coming off of that? Is he a little bit of stiff in the hips? I think both he and Adabare starting things off. They're similar players in that respect. Uh, Felix Anadike Uzoma out of K-State. He's going to be DL3, 6'4", 255 pounds, right around there. This is a guy that I love you know, because he has that speed coming off. He has a really good burst, but then he also does a really good job setting a strong edge against the run, his ability to stack and shed defenders and bring running backs down around the line of scrimmage. But look, I think there are a lot of guys that are going to be in this next group of defensive, defensive ends. You've got Anadike Uzoma. You have Will McDonald, who we've just mentioned. But not only that, you also have Isaiah Foskey, who's a potential first-round pick. There's also Derek Hall uh, from Auburn, who's actually going to be in the linebacker group we'll be talking about in next podcast. Keon White of Georgia Tech is another name. Um, you know, After you get outside the first three or four defensive ends, there are a lot of guys that uh, are kind of stacking up there as, as guys who can, can be edge rushers. They can also defend against the run. And really, who's going to separate themselves? Because I think there, there are a lot of guys that are kind of bunched in there. I think there's a good chance that we could see Foskey, maybe even McDonald sneak their way into round number one possibly even Hall. I think Anadike Uzoma is probably going to end up being in that early second round range. Um, Keon White's another one who could be a fringe first rounder or a second rounder depending on the team. Uh, so really looking forward to seeing the athleticism on display there from, from Felix, see if he can separate himself just a little bit from the rest of that group. Robert Beal out of Georgia. You know, th This is a guy who I think is still pretty raw. When you watch his game film, for me, there, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, out there on the field. I, I think he does a good job um, taking on blocks, stacking, shedding, being able to, to get to the running back. He'll crash down hard against the run. Uh, he's late to disengage at times. Want to see what some of that strength looks like, some of that power at the point of attack, um, but not much of a pass rush uh, plan. So really what I, I think when you're looking at him, he'll get overpowered at times as well, both uh, in, the, in the run, uh, against the run and then also getting after the quarterback. He can't play with his hand in the dirt. Two-point stance as well there at Georgia. I just think that he his game is really raw at the moment. And so it's one of those things to where it's going to be getting him at, at the combine, really being able to watch him as an athlete. Are there traits that these teams can really pick up on and really utilize. And I think being able to see him out here against some of these other guys who are a little bit more refined with their technique, does he stack up from an athleticism standpoint? That's going to take you back to the game film and say, all right, you know, maybe we need to look into, into Beal a little bit more. Um, you know, Right now I have him as a, as a day three guy. I think if Paul really just about anywhere along that range, I think you know if he showcases some of those traits, uh, as a raw defender, fifth, sixth round um, is probably where I'd be taking him. Um, but you know, all it takes is one team to fall in love with him, and he could potentially come off the board in the third or fourth round if they think he's a guy that they can mold into an effective, uh, you know, 34 outside linebacker, which I think is ultimately where he'll be. Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Good lord, this dude! He's six four, 317 pounds. Played the nose at Wisconsin. This is a guy who I, I think, um, you know, could. Possibly even play in you know in an even man front and uh, and and hold his own. The athleticism you see some of his ability to uh, attack 
half a man and really looked to try to, to penetrate and shoot gaps. Um, you know, we saw him at the Senior Bowl, some of the one-on-ones, being able to beat guys with his quickness. I think there were times where um, he did lose leverage and you know he needs to watch some of that pad level at times. But uh, this is a guy, you know, the athleticism, I think he can get after the quarterback a little bit. I think he was kind of playing out of position. Um, but again, time and time again, you saw saw him getting after that running back. I think he'll be great against the run. Um, you know, but look, he, he uses his hands very well. You know, he's beating centers off the ball, using those hands, and then that short area burst to get to the quarterback. He's one of those guys, when we talk about first round nose tackles, you know, we're talking about guys that are running you know, in that sub five range. I think Keanu Benton has the chance to be able to get into that sub five category. He won't be a first rounder, but I think he'll be an early second round pick. And uh, I think teams will be happy to, to take Keanu Benton there on day two, because you're gonna get an athlete, a guy that can make a lot of plays uh, right around the line of scrimmage and even behind it, uh, making some tackles for loss. Then we get to Brian Brissy and Jalen Carter. Uh, you know, when you're talking about you got Benton, Brissy, Carter, that's really where I think a lot of the show is going to be early on in this defensive line class. But Brian Brissy, look, you know, the athleticism is absolutely there. Look, 6'5", 300 pounds, high school basketball player. When he came in, you know, you could see the, the instinctive nature to his game. Um, he crashes gaps, able to control the gaps when he needs to. But then you also see the explosiveness, his ability to shoot and get into the backfield, rush the quarterback, uses his hands very well. Um, the biggest concern is, is health. 2021, four games, and then he tears his ACL out for the year. 2022 battled some, some health issues. Obviously, the family tragedy was, was the biggest thing that I think weighed on, on Brian at, at, you know, during the season. And you look at him and... The, the, the game film, you worry about him, less than 500 snaps under his belt. Um, you know, his pad level seemed to creep up a lot more. He was playing a lot more upright than getting that explosiveness off the ball, playing with leverage. A guy who has that versatility to play all the way up and down the line. Um, and it's just one of those things to where are we going to get back to that Brian Brissy, you know, is he 100%? Because there are teams that need a defensive tackle and they could be taking this guy, number 11 from Clemson, early in round number one, but he's got to be able to show that he is 100%, that he is uh, getting back to that that form that we know him to be. And that's really the thing that I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing at the Combine is, is that athleticism back? 6'5", 300, if he's running in that 4'7", 4'8", range, then this is a guy that could potentially get taken in, in the top 10. Because you're looking at the Lions at 6, you're looking at the Eagles at 10. Those are two teams that need defensive linemen. Heck, you can even look at uh, at D'Amico Ryan sitting there at 12. If he's on the board at 12, there's a chance that Ryan's could pull the trigger, although he may be a little bit gun-shy because the 49ers did draft Javon Kinlaw at 6'5", 324 pounds with the 14th overall pick in the 2020 draft. And since then, Kinlaw, look, you know, injured reserve in 2021 and 2022, some of those injury concerns, that may rear its ugly head there, and, and D'Amico Ryans may pass sitting there at, at number 12. And look, it's one of those things to where Brissy could slide. We could see a, a draft day slide of his and, and fall maybe possibly to the Lions at 18, Seattle at 20. You know, there, there are a lot of different things that could happen there with Brissy, and I think, you know, this, uh, this workout is really going to go a long way towards seeing what he can actually do. Uh, Jalen Carter, 
you know, we know that this guy is going to be a top three, top four pick. It really just depends on what's going to happen at the top of the draft. But, you know, really the biggest thing, the explosiveness and the power, we're going to see all of that on display. And look, when I, you know, you take to his, his teammate there at Georgia, Jordan Davis. We already knew that Jordan Davis was a stud, but then he shows up at the combine, runs a 478-40 at 6'6 and 341 pounds, 163 10-yard split. That turned a lot of heads. And so, really, when you're talking about it, you look, you get to other guys, uh, defensive tackles. Haloti Nada was another guy who shows up and uh, a big man moving really quick. You know, obviously, these are nose tackles, but still, you know, at 6'4", 338 pounds, runs a 5'1", 340 with a 173 spit split. That 10-yard split is really going to be something there for for Jalen Carter. I think. You know, really what you're you're expecting to see is this is a dude look you're almost expecting him to dominate the combine right when you think of a guy like Dan Wilkinson the last defensive tackle to go number one overall 1994 out of Ohio State being taken by Cincinnati 6'4 340 pounds this was a guy who in his workouts prior to the draft uh, bench pressed 225 34 times then ran a 40 and 472 which is absolutely ridiculous for a guy his size uh, much like what we saw there with, with Jordan Davis. So I, I think Jalen Carter, you know, the pressure's on a little bit to to perform, but this guy's a tremendous athlete, and I think, you know, we're going to see just how good he is. When we move on from him, you're looking at, uh, you know, Gerard, uh, Gerard Clark there out of Coastal Carolina, a guy who showed up to the Chanticleers as a 230-pound tight end and is now 6'4", 330 pounds. You see the short area burst. You see some of that quickness coming off the football. Uh, this is a guy who's very athletic, had 10 tackles for loss, um, and I believe it was like three and a half sacks. So he has some of that that ability to get after the quarterback. Uh, it's just a guy that nobody's really talking about. You know, he wears number 15 there uh, for Coastal Carolina. He's a guy that is a lot of fun to watch uh, because of that quickness for a guy his size. Look, he's also very stout at the point of attack as well. I, I think... Gerard Clark, especially you know when you're looking at that 10-yard split, I'm looking forward to seeing what this guy can do because, look, even though he put on 100 pounds, this guy still has the footwork, still has some of that foot speed, and I want to see some of that athleticism on display. I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Got another nose tackle that we're going to be seeing right after him, and that's Keandre Coburn out of Texas. 6'2", 344 pounds. The guy is very stout at the point of attack. You see some of the quickness. Uh, you know, beating some some centers off the football. Most of that is against the run. You'll see him a little bit get after the quarterback, uh, being able to uh, win with some quickness. Um, we also saw some power as well. I think you're going to see him rip out uh, 225 uh, at a pretty good clip. And uh, just really curious to see what type of athlete he is when you take him off the field and put him there in the combine setting. Brenton Cox, Florida. Now, this guy is a tremendous athlete. Look, 6'4", 253, somewhere around there. He was a guy that I enjoyed watching. I saw the violence in his hands, his ability to really strike guys there, use that that rip move, a slap, and be able to, to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. You saw the effort. You saw him coming after quarterbacks, and uh, he just he played really hard. He took on blocks, stack, shed, locate the football, drop guys behind the line of scrimmage, problem is is he's got to win over the interviews i think more than any other player this is a guy look billy napier dismissed him from the team this is a guy who started his career at georgia had to transfer to florida and then wound up getting uh 
dismissed from the team there. And Billy Napier said it was an accumulation of offenses. So that's something that's really a concern. Big, big red flag because, you know, this is a guy who plays with a lot of ferocity on the field. So I, I think more than anything else, it's going to be the interviews for him to see whether or not he's really a draftable commodity or if teams are going to be taking him off the draft board altogether. Now, DJ Dale out of Alabama. I was talking about Keanu Benton possibly playing out of position. DJ Dale, I know, was playing out of position. 6'3", 300. He played nose guard there at Bama. But look, man, this is a, a, penetra a quick penetrator. He's an even front defensive tackle. Shoots gaps in a hurry. High effort player. A guy that's going to beat you with quickness and getting up the field. I am looking forward to really seeing the athleticism on display. You know, a guy at 6'3 and 300 pounds. You see some of that short area burst. Really want to see what that 10-yard split is going to look like. Um, you know, uh, He's a lot of fun for me to watch and uh, just looking forward to seeing what he can do there. You know, followed by, by Javon Dexter out of Florida. 6'6", 312 pounds. Number nine was a guy that seemed to, to win both with power and with quickness coming off the football. Unfortunately for him, you didn't see uh, the production. You know, this is a guy, look, you know, he had 55 tackles on the year, uh, but just four tackles for loss, two sacks, you know, really just five sacks, ten and a half tackles for loss in his career. So, you know, what what is going on here with, with Jervon Dexter? Because you see some of the athleticism. You see his ability to, to beat guys at the point of attack, gets his hands inside, able to drive guys back, showing his ability to get skinny, shoot gaps, uh, run down ball carriers, but he wasn't always finishing. That was really the biggest frustration. And so when I look at him, I see the size, I see the, 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 the length, and you think of a guy like Calais Campbell, right? Well, Calais Campbell at 6'8", 307 pounds. This is a dude, 39 tacks for loss, 19 and a half sacks uh, there at Miami in his three-year career. Shows up at the combine at 6'7", 290 pounds with 35 and three-quarters inch reach. Runs a five-flat 40 in a 1-7-2, 10-yard split, and still ended up being the 50th overall selection taken by Arizona, round number two. Think about that. You know, and, and so, you know, when I look at Javon Dexter, could he be a second rounder? You know, it's one of those things to where I, I think the more I think about it, this is a guy that's probably going to end up being, you know, a third or fourth round guy. You know, initially, you know, I was thinking the athleticism, the traits with him, but man, you know, the production on the field is really a concern. I think he's going to have to have a really big day there at the Combine to really get people going back to the game film and trying to figure out exactly what's going on there. Now, the next three guys, it's kind of funny. You look at them and their body type are very similar. You have Yaya Diaby, Ikena Enichukwu, and Viliami Fihoko. So with Yaya, you know, they're all 6'4", 270, right around there. Now, Diaby out of, out of Louisville, this is a dude uh, who plays with a lot of speed, uh, a, a guy who you're going to see uh, a ton of effort from. You're going to see him getting up the field, you know, and, and does a really good job, uh, you know, using some of that hand, his handwork, some of that power to his game as well. You love the athleticism. He's just a guy that people aren't really talking about, but a guy that I think could come out here, have a good workout, and really start turning some heads. You know, he has a guy that can put his hand in the, in the dirt. He can be a stand-up rusher. I think there's some versatility from a scheme standpoint. I think he can be a uh, an end in a 4-3 defense or also play outside linebacker in an on-man front. Um, then you get to Ikenna and Achukwu. 
uh, out of Rice. Again, 6'4", 270-ish pounds, right around there. This is a guy who's very raw, and that's really the, the, the difference that you're going to see here with him. Um, you know, He doesn't always keep his feet driving, um, inconsistent pad level, uh, but you do see some signs there that this guy does have a has a, has a plan. You'll see that, that bull rush, that speed to power, getting into the chest of the offensive lineman. You're going to see him attack the outside, dipping that inside shoulder. Decent push-pull as well. Uh, he's one of those guys that I think is going to have some tools. I think he is a draftable commodity. I think he's a guy that when you ultimately look at him there at the combine, you're going to see an athlete, seven sacks this last season there for Rice. People aren't really talking about him because, look, you know, he's there coming from, from, from the Owls. Nobody really gets to see this guy play. I think he's a guy that could potentially uh, work his way into the into the rotation, but uh, you know he's he's going to need some work um, because you know there he's still pretty raw. Uh, but again, he does have the traits there that you're going to be looking for. And then with with Bahoko, San Jose State, six four two sixty three, um, a guy who has really good power in his hands coming off the edge. Another guy can be a stand-up rusher, put his hand in the dirt as well. You know, offers really a nice array of, of pass rush moves. You're going to see the push-pull. You're going to see some good bend. The ankle flexion, I noted that against Eastern Michigan in the, in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Saw some of that ankle flexion bending around to get to the quarterback. Seemed to be a, a twitchy athlete. Good bull rush, power in his hands uh, at USC, against USC. Uh in, in 2021, you saw him stout at the point of attack against the run. Um, really did a good job using an arm over to beat the right tackle. Flattens out in a hurry to get to the quarterback for a sack. Really what I'm looking for with him is, you know, on tape, he looks to be a twitchy athlete. Show up at the combine. Let's see that twitchiness. Let's see his ability to change directions. Let's see the, the agility, the lateral quickness. Let's see him be that complete athlete. If you don't see that, if you see the stiffness, that's going to send you back to the game field and say, what did I miss? What am I missing here? And that's really the same, the same thing that I'm going to be looking for with, with Bahoko, but a guy who I think could definitely help his uh, his draft stock because this is a dude who knows how to get after the quarterback. That's one of the things that's really a lot of fun with him. Um, something that to really keep an eye on. 18 and a half tackles for loss this last season. Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. Nine sacks as well. Uh, very effective as, a, as an edge rusher. Isaiah Foskey there out of Notre Dame, 6'5", 260. This is a dude who loves that long arm uh, coming off the edge. I think that's really his favorite move. You want to see him use a little bit more in terms of those pass rush moves and that versatility. But look, he's a tremendous athlete. He's a guy that's going to get off the edge. He's going to flatten out in a hurry, get to the quarterback. You just want to see that athleticism on display. You want to see his ability to change directions. Can he bend? What's that, that 40 time? What's that 10-yard split going to look like? You know, just how quick is this guy going to be coming off of football? Then there's Ollie Gay out of LSU, 6'6", 250. A guy who really is going to be all about the bull rush. You're not going to see a whole lot of, uh, of quickness coming off the football. He's not going to beat you with speed. And so really the biggest thing is, is what type of an athlete do you have? He's got the long wings plan. Um, at times he gets, gets caught inside on, on run plays not really setting a, a, a strong edge and so that's really the big the big concern that I have with Ollie Gay is, is I think he started his career off so hot there at LSU and then you know I know that he was injured there in 2021 
2022 you just didn't see the explosiveness and that's really the thing that you're looking for in a lot of your edge rushers is this going to be someone that you're you're probably not going to be taking until you know the sixth seventh round when it's all said and done want to see that athleticism though um, and if he can't really provide that then i think there's going to be some limitations to his game plenty of athleticism there with nick hampton 6'3, 225 out of appalachian state they actually have him with the defensive lineman and not with the linebackers. Kind of surprising there. This is a guy that you're going to want to see drop into coverage a little bit. I think he's undersized and is a guy that's ultimately going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, a lot of speed. He's a quick, quick twitch athlete. He's all about speed. Uh, does a really good job spying quarterbacks as well. Um, that's something that you definitely saw with him. You saw some good pass rush moves, decent push-pull. Um, but this is a guy that's going to show that speed. He's going to chase you down and, and drop you for a loss. As a, you know, If you're a running back and a guy that can turn the corner in a hurry, flatten out, get to that quarterback. Once he turns on that afterburner, that acceleration, you're going to see that here at the Combine. You're going to see that explosiveness. That's something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, want to see if, if you know the power and the strength to his game because really he looks mostly like a guy that is going to beat you with that speed and if he does get blocked he struggles to disengage because of that lack of overall size so want to see if he's added some some muscle to that frame as well because look you know he's 6'3 225 that's kind of what they said that he came in at think about Vaughn Miller he was 6'2 and 5'8 246 pounds then runs that 4'5 340 which was absolutely ridiculous and uh you know, he was already regarded as one of the best outside linebackers uh, in, in the country, and that's ultimately why he was, you know, the second overall pick. And I'm not saying that Nick Hampton is going to be that guy by any means, but it's just one of those things to where, you know, with where does Nick Hampton fall? What is he ultimately going to be? What is he going to bring to the table? Can he add some muscle to that frame and still be athletic? Or is he going to be one of these undersized guys that's going to be really, you know, it's going to limit some of his effectiveness and really be kind of one of those situational pass rushers only. Uh, Zach Harrison out of Ohio State, look, 6'6", 272, really good length. And that's one of the things that we that he's known for is that length, more of a power guy versus JT Tuimaloau on the opposite side who is a twitchier athlete. But this is a guy who I think is very refined with his ability to get after the quarterback. You love his ability to use those long limbs. And uh, you saw a little bit of bend to him. This is going to be a way for, for teams to really see what he can do uh, as an athlete. Um, you know, I, I was impressed with the way that he was able to take on Broderick Jones uh, in the Peach Bowl. Um, look, quick burst off the ball, speed to power, gets under that pad level, stood him up, put him on some skates, drove him all the way back to Stetson Bennett. Look, Bennett still was able to get rid of the football, but it was still very impressive, um, you know, his ability to be able to do that. Um, uses qu some quickness coming off the football there as well. Uh, strength ultimately allowing to bend around the corner. The biggest thing for me is I just I want to see some of that explosiveness. I want to see that, that tw you know, any twitchiness to his game, or is it all going to be about the power and using those long levers? You know, I think if he can show some of that that athleticism, um, you know, it, not just a linear player, but a guy that can also work, you know, with change of direction, being able to bend as he's running the arc. If he can do that, then I think that's really going to help uh, Harrison's draft stock because he's one of those guys that could be in that that second to third round range. Um, you know, I, I, he's not getting past day two by any means, but he's one of those guys that I think really came on this year 
uh, especially having Tui Malowal opposite him. And uh, he's somebody that I'm really looking forward to seeing at the Combine. K.J. Henry, 6'4", 255, they're out of Clemson. Everybody talks about all the other defensive ends and defensive linemen at Clemson. And kind of forget about K.J. Henry. This is a dude who's going to beat you with speed. Um, that's really the biggest thing. Um, I thought he was most effective uh, as a stand-up edge rusher, more so than putting his hand in the dirt. I think when he put his hand in the dirt, there were times where he struggled to get off blocks. You allow him to play in space and uh, use that, that speed rushing the quarterback. That's something that really uh, really showed a guy that can dip and, and bend a little bit coming off the edge. Uh, he's, he's one of those guys, I think he was overshadowed, and so you really want hope that he can take that that next step here at the combine with, with the ability to showcase his athleticism and really make teams say, you know what, we need to go back and watch more of number five there in, in, in that Clemson orange and see really what this kid uh, can do and make sure that we've got, got everything correctly with him. He's a guy that I think third, fourth round range, could he be a, a you know one of those hybrid linebackers uh, in a 4-3 scheme? Could he be a uh, you know, a defensive end. It, could he potentially even play drop and, and be a, an outside linebacker in a 34? You know, I, those are some of the things I'm going to be looking for out of him. Now, Dylan Horton, 6'4", 275, a guy who, look, you know, he, he really burst onto the scene because of the athleticism. You know, they're, they're, they're saying that this is a guy who's going to have a 38-inch vertical leap, run, running a 4.5540. If teams see that guy at the combine along with what we saw at the end of the season you know against k-state look you know tcu in a losing effort had a couple of sacks in that game but then against michigan four sacks you know this is a guy who you know, was beating you know zach zinter off the football to the inside he was chasing jj mccarthy down from the backside, um, running through gaps getting to the quarterback in a hurry Horton seemed to be all over the place. And so that was one of the lasting memories of big number 98 there for the Horn Frogs. And so you see this athleticism, those traits really come out in the combine. He's one of those guys who could be one of those risers um, and saying, you know what, we've got a lot to work with with this kid, you know, especially what he did there when the lights were brightest against an offensive line that proved to be one of the best in the country. Let's go. Let's see some of that athleticism, right? So after Horton, you're going to get to Siaki Ika. So you get from the athleticism to Apu Ika, this huge mammoth oh, defensive lineman. 6'4", 350 pounds. And you know what? when we say the athleticism, this is a guy who is surprisingly nimble for a guy his size. He's massive. He's difficult to move off his spot when he's lined up against a, a, a single block. Uh, he'll eat up blockers. Um, what's really weird, though, is, is that when he gets double teamed, he, he gets moved off of the spot very easily, which is surprising. Um, yet, you know, he still draws a lot of that attention, takes on multiple blockers as a result, but he doesn't always ho hold the point of attack like you were expecting to see. Um, you see him uh, making reads against the run, that, that short area burst. This is a guy that can get after the quarterback a little bit, so really the big curiosity is, is just how quick is he going to be? I mentioned some of the uh, nose tackles because a lot of people are saying, well, maybe Apu Ika could be a first rounder because he showcases his ability to get after the quarterback. But look, when you're talking about guys that 
are being drafted in round number one. Look, Dontari Poe, one guy, you know, at 6'3 and 346, ran a 4'9, 840. I already mentioned Haloti Nata and, and his size, still running, you know, right around that five flat area. Um, you know, I mentioned Jordan Davis, another guy that was drafted there in round number one. And then Vita Vea. Here's a, a guy that some people have really compared him to because, look, Vita Vea, 6'4", 347 pounds, you know, 15 and a half, or I'm sorry, 15 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks, and at 6'4", 347 pounds, ran a 5'1", 040 with a 176, 10-yard split. So if Abu Ika really wants to be in that, that talk about a, a first-round guy, he's going to have to be running in that range. I just don't know if, if we're going to be seeing that out of him. We see the short area burst. We see some of that quickness. That 10-yard split is something that we can be looking at. But I just don't know that he has the overall athleticism that any of those guys have. And then really his inability to anchor there against those double teams is a cause for concern with him. And that's one of the things that I'm, I'm worried about his draft stock. I think he's going to have to prove that this you know he is athletic, that he can prove that he is uh, strong at the point of attack. What's he going to put up in the bench press? Can he showcase some of that, that power in those drills as well? So he's one of those guys that I think you know has a lot that he could gain from this, but potentially a lot to lose as well. Transitioning to Thomas Incombe from Central Michigan. And look, this is a guy that really burst onto the scene this year. You know, eight and a half tackle, tackles for loss, four sacks in 2021 as a junior for the Chippewas, but really made his presence felt in opposing backfields in a major way. 19 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks uh, to go along with 57 tackles. So very active at that defensive end position. Look, this is a guy, he does a really good job using his hands to attack the hands of the, the offensive lineman. Um, a, a guy, look, against Eastern Michigan, I watched him chase uh, the running back, Samson Evans, 42 yards down the field. Um, really impressive seeing that, that effort and that speed to be able to chase down that running back. Um, but again, I mentioned the, the rip, you know, the, the hand usage. You'll see some rip moves as well. Really good with those hands. Physical at the point of attack as well. A guy that can really jolt guys and have them off balance. Um, play against the run a little bit. Is going to look to take that inside rush as well. And this is a guy, look, I think, you know, if you're a team that's looking for an edge rusher, you know, I think he could he be a third round pick? Possibly. He'll probably end up being in that fourth round range, but a guy that I think can definitely get after the quarterback. And look, at 6'4, 265, let's see just how athletic he can be. Let's see how he can bend coming off the edge. You want to see that ankle flexion? You want to see his ability to dip that shoulder, get low coming off that edge? Or are we going to see any stiffness in that in those hips to make you pause a little bit and say, all right, is this a guy that you know, we know he can get after the quarterback? Was it because he was playing against inferior competition, or is this a guy that really we can see translating to uh, the next level? Kalijah Cansey. Now, look, Kalijah Cansey coming out of Pittsburgh is a guy that is a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, you watch the game film. You know, I was watching the all-22s of this guy. And, look, at 6'2", 275, you see the explosiveness. It's absolutely real. 13, and, uh, I'm sorry, 34 and a half tackles for loss, 16 sacks. They're at that defensive tackle position. You see the power in his hands to strike and drive guys back. But this is also going to be a defensive tackle that's just going to beat you with that quick penetration. Um, uses his hands really well, slap, quick move, and beating guys, shooting gaps, getting into uh, into the backfield in a hurry. Could chase down quarterbacks. You see the effort as well. 
And uh, I think any pit defensive tackle, uh, any guy who's showing up right around that six-foot range is going to get par- compared to Aaron Donald. Now, look, it's unfair to compare any defensive tackle to arguably the best defensive player in the history of the NFL with what Aaron Donald has been able to accomplish. But if we just look at where Aaron Donald was when he entered that, that 2014 NFL draft at the combine at six foot three quarters, 285 pounds, 46840 with a 1.63 10-yard split. Just think about that. You know, think about the absurdity of that, and then obviously the power to to his game as well. We you know we always see him with the shirt off, just all jacked, right? 35 reps at 225, um, and that's something that I think is is absolutely staggering. And look, the flip side, Jalen Twyman, coming out of pit. If this is a guy, look, um, you know, coming out of his last year, 41 tackles, 10 and a half sacks. We were expecting him to really take off, right? Measured in at 6'1 and 3 quarters, 301 pounds, runs a 5'3, 940 with a 174 split, and uh, you know, ultimately got himself drafted in round number six. So it's one of those things with Kalijah Kansi. I don't think he's showing up at weighing 301 pounds. You know, he, he played right around that 275 range. I think he's going to probably measure in right around six foot. If he's six foot, 280, and, and he's running in that that uh, four six range, this is a guy who could end up being a a first round pick and a guy that could end up being a top 20 pick when it's all said and done. I had Aaron Donald coming off the board in the top 10 picks in my mock draft back in 2014, and he slips all the way to uh, to the Rams. Uh, very surprising that that happened, but you know they're sitting there at number 13, not expecting Aaron Donald to even fall to them, and. Uh, Look, this guy just absolutely set the world on fire. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that Kalaja Kant is going to be that guy to, to be the next Aaron Donald by any means. But when you're just thinking about teams arc, you know, this is copycat league. They're going to look for the next Aaron Donald or what they think is going to be the next Aaron Donald. And if you can see a guy like Kalaja Kansi that, that has that quickness to get off the football in a hurry, shoot gaps, get into the backfield, you know, that's something that's going to be staggering. You know, that's something that they're really going to take notice of. But look, Kalijah Kansi left before he could really make a, a, a stamp of approval on that imprint. Because when you look at Aaron Donald, 66 tackles for loss, 29 and a half sacks in his career. You know, you had that impressive year, you know, back-to-back seasons, 34 and a half tackles for loss and 16 sacks isn't bad. But look, you know, Aaron Donald made that leap his senior season, and that really made all the difference in the world and really set the world on fire, as I, as I mentioned earlier. But when you look at teams, again, like the Lions at 18, the Eagles, um, you know, they have multiple picks in round number one. Could he come off the board there um, at number 30? It's entirely possible. Seattle sitting there at number 20, you know, that they could also look for a defensive tackle as well. Could Kansi move up the board even higher? It's possible, but not likely. But he's going to be one of those guys to really keep an eye on. Again, not the next Aaron Donald by any means, but one of those guys that I think there are going to be those comparisons. Teams are going to try to look for the next Aaron Donald. And if he puts together a really quick, you know, if he's running in the four sixes at six foot 285, teams are immediately going to look at him and go, shoot, this guy could be the next Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, 
can he put up 225, 35 times as well? Because we know Aaron Donald has that power at the point of attack as well. You know, I, I think Kalijah Kansi is going to be one of those fun studies there at the Combine. Tyler Lacey out of Oklahoma State. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Tyler Lacey, you know, number 89 there for the Cowboys, 6'4", 295 pounds, a guy that shows some, some pretty good effort coming off the football. Um, came into the 2022 season at 22 years of age, a guy that's battled some injuries in his career. Um, just want to see some of that athleticism. I think, you know, he played defensive end there. He'll probably end up having to be a, a D tackle. I don't think that he's necessarily explosive enough. He could potentially be a five technique. I think that may be um, you know, his world there at the next level. He's one of those guys that's going to be a day three selection, but obviously he's going to be looking to continue to improve his draft stock. So he's one of those guys that I think you know, has a lot that he can potentially gain from his performance at the combine. How about Isaiah Land? Well, this is a dude who is very uh, explosive coming off the edge. Um, led the FCS in sacks in 2021, 19 and a half. Buck Buchanan Award winner. Um, comes back to school there at Florida A&M. And 12 tackles for loss, 8 sacks in 9 games. Had to deal with an MCL sprain. Um, but look, this is a guy who you're going to see the speed coming off, off the outside. Um, play with his hand in the ground as a stand-up rusher as well. I think he's going to end up being a 34 outside linebacker. You saw him play with more power than I think teams were expecting, especially there at the Senior Bowl. Um, so he's one of those guys that's going to be interesting, probably in that fifth, sixth round range. Um, but look, people, you know, you have to remember James Houston. He was a seventh round pick there of the Lions, and we saw what he was able to do as a pass rusher. Isaiah Lamb, because of what James Houston has done, you may see him get drafted uh, a round or two earlier this time around. So interesting to see what happens there will mcdonald out of iowa state you know again you know he's 6'4 245 a guy who's very athletic coming off the edge you see the speed rush ability very intelligent uh, reads reads the quarterback's eyes knows that he's not going to get to to the quarterback gets his hand in the passing lanes iowa state's career sack leader um, a, a guy that just continues to to bend come off the edge he stays low rips through, turns the corner in a hurry. A guy that uh, is going to continue to get after the quarterback. You love the effort. Um, watched him against Oklahoma against Anton Harrison, a guy that a lot of people think may be a first-round pick. Um, did a really good job. Speed rush up the field. Worked his way back to the inside. Got to the quarterback as well. Um, a guy that you're just going to continue to see that effort. Excellent speed rush. You see the counter moves. You want to see just how twitchy this guy is. Are we going to see that that flexibility, his ability to bend coming off the edge? Really want to see the type of athlete that he is. Is he in that same range with Isaiah Foskey? Could he be end of round one, possibly a round two guy? You know, it depends on, on the scheme, honestly, because look, at 6'2", 245, you know, he, he's kind of undersized a little bit, but he's definitely someone who I, I think you're going to see him time and time again make plays all over the field, especially behind the line of scrimmage. I just think he's a lot of fun to watch, and you know, I'll be excited to see what he can do there at the Combine. Isaiah McGuire is an interesting guy there out of Missouri, 6'4", 274, another speed rusher. Love what he does with his hands. Um, you know, he can, Another guy that's going to be a stand-up edge rusher or put his hand in the dirt. Um, 
Laxam instincts against the run, too often loses leverage, finds himself blocked, on inability to deconstruct blocks quickly. But you're going to see some some ability as a as an edge rusher, a guy that's going to be able to bend and come off come off the edge a little bit, be a situational pass rusher. I think at least early in his career, really want to be able to to see that there at the combine more than anything else. Um, as we continue to move down the list, you get to Mike Morris out of Michigan, and look, Mike Morris, um, you know, he's six six, he's 292 pounds, um, but he was really kind of playing that stand up edge rush position. Um, you know, kind of a, a linebacker almost there for uh, for the Wolverines and a guy that really kind of took the the world by storm early on. You know, a guy that was really producing at a high clip um, as a pass rusher getting into the backfield. Um, you saw some of that twitchiness. You know, had a couple of sacks against Iowa, um, a sack against Michigan State, Rutgers, um, but down the stretch really wasn't much of a factor against Nebraska, Ohio State, or TCU. Uh, really wanted to see a little bit more out of him. Uh, there was that, you know, just a, a stretch of, of six games where we really got to see him get into the backfield. Uh, but I, I worry about him a little bit. He's one of those guys that I think struggled to de deconstruct blocks, unable to get off the blocks quickly, didn't seem to really have a pass rush plan at times. Pad level got way too high as well. Uh, he's one of those guys that I think, you know, is, is that athleticism. Um, you know, he, he did do a good job, when, you know, outside, cross the face of a Paris Johnson to get skinny and get through the gap and get into the backfield. So that athleticism working in space is there. It's just weird because he's 6'6", 292, and he almost does better as a stand-up rusher versus putting his hand in the dirt. So I think he's really raw. A lot of people were expecting him to come off the board a lot earlier. I just I see a day three guy. Um, I think because of the traits, because of his length, he may end up coming off the board a lot earlier in round number three. But I just to me, I mean, he feels like a fourth or fifth round pick. You know, so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what he can do to kind of elevate his draft stock there at the combine. Caleb Murphy, out of Ferris State. Now, Caleb Murphy is is really an interesting dude. He started his career at, at Grand Valley State. Um, you know, had just one sack, 13 tackles in eight games as a uh, as a redshirt freshman. Then he transfers to Ferris State, and this dude just went off. 2021, 14 and a half sacks, 21 and a half tackles for loss, five forced fumbles. Um, you know, they Bulldogs wound up winning the Division II championship. Then, as a senior, he sets the NCAA single season record with 25 and a half sacks. Ties himself, you know, that 39 tackle for loss as well. They repeat as, as national champions. He also became the first non-FBS player to win the Ted Hendricks Award as the best defensive end. Also won the Gene Upshaw Award as the best lineman in D2. Cliff Harris Award as the nation's best small college defensive player. I mean, you know, the, the biggest thing that you look at with him is the athleticism is absolutely there, but he's going up against inferior competition. He hasn't really played much against that, that jump up in, in that level of competition. He's 6'4", 245 pounds. Um, you just you wonder what you're getting with him. You know, his, his arms, uh, when they measured him at the Shrine Bowl, you know, they're less than 33 inches, so that's obviously a concern. Um, I, I think stand-up edge rusher, uh, you know, you allow him to really play in space. 
that's something that you wanted to see there with him. Um, you know, he, he's got good speed coming off the edge. Um, he's a guy that you know I, I think he was winning because of his athleticism. He was beating guys that he was just a better athlete than. I think he's going to be extremely raw, but you did see hand usage. You did see the ability to to bull rush as well. Um, the biggest concern that you're going to see with him is, um, again, what's he going to be able to do against top-notch competition? Um, you know, I, I think he's a guy that's going to struggle against against the run, you know, because he's not the biggest guy. I think he needs to uh, continue to develop as a pass rusher, continue to develop as a defender of the run. And so I, I think that's something you know he needs to really. The instincts aren't necessarily there, um, especially against the run. So I think he's going to be a situational pass rusher, probably in that sixth, seventh round range. But I think you know being able to showcase his athleticism is really what teams are going to be looking for with him, and that's something that I think could potentially be on display there at the combine. Now Miles Murphy, on the other hand, this is a dude who I think you're you're going to see him beat you with 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 speed. He's going to beat you with power. This is a guy that I think everybody is excited to watch because you're going to see just some absolute uh, crazy explosiveness coming off the edge. 6'5", 275, uh, 36 tackles for loss, 18 and a half sacks in his career, five pass breakups, four, uh, I'm sorry, six forced fumbles as well. Uh, a guy that uh, is going to be, you know, you want to talk about twitchy, this dude's going to get twitchy. Uh, you know, that, that's something that I think is absolutely going to be fun to watch there at the Combine. Uh, look, he's an instinctive player. Um, you know, I've got a note here in 2021 reading, you know, Ikema Kwanu, um, his release on a screen, chases down the running back all the way to the sideline to drop him for a loss. You know, Ikwanu, set, you know, with an overset, took an inside path to the quarterback. Um, you know, something that was impressive. Uh, you know, put a, a forearm into the side of of, uh, of Aquanu, use those legs to drive to the quarterback as well, uh, but then also being able to bend around the edge and coming coming after the quarterback. You know, against BC, had an end around to Zay Flowers going uh, into the boundary, uh, and as the the right defensive end was going going to the left into the boundary, as the right defensive defensive end he gets up the field, chases down Zay Flowers for a two yard loss. You know, really, I'm curious to see what that 40 time is going to be. Just how athletic he's going to be. You know, what's that that vertical leap? That's going to tell you a lot about that. That lower body explosiveness. I think he's a real twitched up player. A guy that can also play with power. Is he going to be the top defensive end taken in the draft? I think he and Tyree Wilson are going to kind of have it out. And so it's one of those things where if you're dividing the line and, and 25 guys, uh, then. Miles Murphy is likely going to be in that second half. He'll be towards the top. Tyree Wilson will be towards the bottom of the group. And so because of that, we'll at least be able to see those guys at that same time really showing off their, their athleticism. And so I'm really excited to see what Miles Murphy can do. Can he be ultimately that first defensive end taken? Um, that's really going to be the big question mark. You know, there were times where he disappeared during games. Um, you know, So obviously that's going to be a concern. Um, but a guy, again, that athleticism is absolutely there, absolutely real. P.J. Mustafer, nose tackle, 6'4", 323, had a season-ending knee injury um, in 2021. Um, look, this guy is not going to be your quick penetrator. 
Um, I, I think he's going to, uh, you know, gap control, a guy that's going to take up a lot of space there at that nose tackle, high school wrestler, so really low at that point of attack. But he's not very twitchy. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be shooting gaps, getting up the field in a hurry. So I think in terms of athleticism, I think he's going to be limited. But uh, I think we're going to see some strength. I think we're going to see some power. And those are some of the things that you're really going to be looking at. You're going to look at that body type. Does he have that, that thick lower body, that mass there, to be able to, to anchor and then take on those multiple blockers, absorb all those multiple sets of hands coming in there and trying to drive them off the football. Moro Ajomo, they're out of Texas. 6'3", 280 pounds. This guy, he's, in, he's an interesting study. Um, when you look at him, not a guy that's going to necessarily, you know, in terms of production, not a ton of that, but you're going to see him, see a guy who's going to be physical at the point of attack. He has a lot of power. You see that in his hands, his ability to strike and drive guys back. Um, biggest frustrating thing is, he too, you know, too often he's going to stop his feet. I think that's where he gets himself into trouble. Pad level at times is going to get him in trouble as well. Um, saw him get stood up by Wanye Morris and then got thrown to the ground. Uh, but I love the versatility. He's able to play up and down the line. When he drops his weight and able to anchor out the point of attack, he can be very effective. I don't know how effective he's going to be winning with speed. I think there are a lot of people that expect him to be uh, you know, much more twitchy in this. Uh, I love the effort that, that I see out of him. I'm just curious to see what, what he can do. I think he does a good job with some of that short area burst. I just don't know how twitchy of an athlete this guy is going to be. I think there is some stiffness to his game. Um, honestly, there are some people who think he's going to get drafted in, in the second round. I see more of a third round guy, but he's one of those guys, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a ton of tape on him. So I'm kind of looking forward to the combine, seeing what type of athlete he is, and then potentially taking that and going back to the film and watching more if I need to. Um, you know, really interested in seeing what, what Ojomo can do. Zach Pickens, 6'4", 305, big dude, a guy who I actually thought moved a lot better in 2021 than in 2022. Uh, you know, I thought pad level seemed to get way too high more often than not, was getting driven back, you know, was losing leverage in the, in the run game. Um, a, a guy who, look, you know, zero technique to three technique, You'd see him doing a lot of the, you know, that, that move up and down the line. Um, he has that quickness to get pe early penetration, get into the backfield. Um, you're going to see him um, shoot his hands in, able to attack the outer half, get push up the field to get penetration. Um, you see some power at the point of attack. He gets those hands in there and really drives off the football with that lower pad level. He can he can be very effective. The problem is, is a lot of times. If he didn't win early, he didn't have much of a counter move after that. I thought at times he was slow off the snap, initial rush is stifled, no secondary move, and ultimately he stood up and really didn't make much of an, of an impact. I thought he was much more explosive in 2021. So I'm really curious to see the type of player that we see at the combine. You know, And, and that's really gonna be a big question mark for me if he can showcase some of that athleticism, um, then we can go back to the film, especially the 2021 film, and study it a little bit more. But uh, this is a guy that you know I, I thought had chances of, of being a, a day two pick. And for me, I just I don't know if, if that's really where we're going to see him come off the board. He could very well be a fourth or fifth rounder um, you know, when I look at that 2022 tape. You know, I, I just I wish we could get him back to being that explosive self that we saw 
uh, last season. Then we get to one of the more intriguing prospects, Jose Ramirez out of Eastern Michigan, a guy that he was dueling with with Tuli Tui Pelotu from USC as to who the top sack artist was going to be. Uh, the MAC Defensive Player of the Year. Look, this is a guy who's going to win with speed. He's a speed guy. He's very uh, thin in, in his lower body. You know, that's something that I'll be curious to see. Can he put on any of that, that weight on the lower half? Um, so I, I think that's something that you saw him a lot of times get knocked off of his uh, his pass rush path. And that's where you know he'd struggle at times. Getting redirected, being able to then get off of that, get it, get towards the quarterback. But uh, a guy that, look, I look at my notes, speed rush, speed rush, speed rush, rip move. Um, you're going to see him dip that inside shoulder. You're going to see an arm over. You're going to see the chops really attacking the offensive lineman's hands. And look, when you talk about him and, and the sacks in his career, he posted 20 and a half sacks. And when you talk about that at Eastern Michigan, Pat O'Connor, 20 sacks, Max Crosby, 19. So he actually had more sacks there, left as the career leader in sacks, um, which I, I think is something that is should not be lost when we talk about Jose Ramirez. Yes, he's going to be a speed guy. Um, I, I don't know really where he's going to fall, but let's just talk about Max Crosby for a quick second. 6'5", 255, and uh, he shows up at the Combine, and uh, arm length isn't huge. You know, you're talking about 32 and 7 eighths inch arms. Runs a 4.6640 with a 1.62 split, and uh, a vertical leap of 36 inches. So you're seeing a guy who definitely has that explosiveness coming off the edge, right? And now, what has he done? Uh, you know, 37 and, and a half sacks in his career. A two-time Pro Bowler, second team All-Pro in 2021. Um, I'm not saying that Jose Ramirez is going to be the next Max Crosby at all. When you look at Jose Ramirez and what he was able to do in his time there at EMU, uh, 19 and a half tackles for loss and 12 sacks in 2022, um, you have to at least get somewhat excited. Look, I know that when you're talking about the two, it's kind of hard to compare them because Max Crosby at 6'5", and you know, 6'4", 6'5", range. Jose Ramirez, a couple inches shorter at 6'2", um, so he doesn't have quite the length that Max Crosby's going to have. Um, Max Crosby drafted in the fourth round, 106 overall. Let's see what type of an athlete. Let's see what you know the, the measurements come in with, with Jose Ramirez as a as an edge rusher, fifth, sixth round range. You know, may not be out of the question for this guy. And look, you know, if he can put up numbers like Max Crosby in college, what can he do at the next level if given the right opportunity? Jalen Redmond out of OU, 6'3-292. I was kind of surprised that he decided that he was going to go ahead and enter the draft, but uh, definitely a guy who. Um, is a, a solid athlete, a guy that I think can get into the backfield, 14 sacks in his career, 31 and a half tackles for loss, um, you know, look, double digit uh, tackles for loss in 2019 and in 2020, so a guy that I think um, just needs the consistency more than anything else. You see the explosiveness, you see his ability to make plays. And uh, I would have loved to have seen him come back to OU for one more year, really kind of solidify himself as one of the top uh, defensive line prospects. But he's a guy that people aren't talking about and a guy that I think surprised people 
and this could be a way for him to kind of showcase some of those skills. Uh, Tavius Robinson out of Ole Miss. Tavius Robinson, look, this is a guy, he's one of the bigger uh, defensive ends at, at 6'7", uh, 245 pounds. You know, and, and uh, in his, his three years there at Ole Miss, 13 tackles for loss, 10.5 sacks, including six this past season to go along with four uh, forced fumbles. You love the length. I think that pad level is a concern at times, being able to stay low. You're going to watch him in the drill. Can he stay low or is he popping up all the time? Really going to be curious to see what he can do there. Uh, you get to, to Jacqueline Roy. They're out of LSU. A guy who, you know, look, at 6'4", 315 pounds, played that nose tackle position. This was a guy who uh, was too easily moved off the ball as a, a 3-4 nose tackle. I think he's better served in, in an even man front. Um, he was quick to shoot gaps, but if he didn't win early with the burst into the gap, he would get too tall at times, get stood up too easily. Um, and he'd also start driving the, his man back and would stop his feet. So really the biggest thing that you want to see with Jacqueline Roy is um, obviously the, the, the power, the strength, you know, and that, that's something that we didn't really see. Want to see him in the drills. Is this guy who can drive his feet? If he's coming in there and he's attacking, and is he stopping those feet or is he continuing to move those and keep the pad level low and drive and explode into those pads and drive, drive the guys back? Um, he's one of those guys to me that um, is somewhat limited. I love his effort, but you know even the hand usage is inconsistent. He's the guy that needs to have a really big day to send people back to the film and look for those traits with him because he was kind of frustrating at times to watch um, you know, on, on game film. Nesta Jade Silvera there out of ASU, kind of an undersized guy, 6'2", 306, right around there. I'll uh, be curious to see exactly what he measures in at. Um, undersized guy, but uh, the burst. That's one of the things that I absolutely see. Burst coming off the football is the ability to kind of spin back to the inside against the run and play in space a little bit. Um, a guy that, you know, he started his career there at at uh, Miami, moved to, to ASU. You look at the overall numbers, not very uh, much of a, a pass rush guy. Just three and a half sacks, 20 and a half tackles for loss in his career. He's a guy that I want to continue to watch play because he was more of a rotational guy there at Miami. Went to ASU to see what he could do, kind of elevate his game a little bit, and uh, you know, show flashes. That's one of the things with him. He was a little bit of a frustrating player because you'd see those flashes, but you wouldn't always see him uh, take command of things. There at ASU, look, 56 tackles, very active there from that defensive tackle position. So he's one of those guys that if he performs and really showcases some athleticism, he's going to send guys back to the film. Really want to study things a little bit more. Then you got Mozzie Smith, 6'3", 337 pounds, another nose tackle. This is a guy who I think can be uh, effective against the run. He can get uh, you know, shoot gaps, get into the backfield, um, uses those hands to drive guys into, into the backfield in a hurry. You're going to see him uh, with some good short area bursts as well. Uh, he's one of those guys, I thought that he did a great job against Iowa, reading a tunnel screen to Arlen Bruce, peels back, chases him down after just a short game. You saw some good athleticism, good change of direction. Want to see that showcase there at the Combine as well, showcase some of that athleticism out of Mozzie Smith. Um, I, I think the, the gun charge that he had, he's going to have to explain some of that there in those interviews. Uh, but definitely a guy that I think... Uh, 
you know, he, he was a guy that kind of held things together up front a lot of the time there for Michigan. Not much in terms of the of the numbers from a production standpoint, you know, but he had those 48 tackles as a nose tackle. It is pretty impressive. Just two and a half tackles for loss and a half a sack to his credit. But you saw the athleticism, some of those traits. So that's something that you're definitely going to be looking at. But look, they mentioned on uh, one of the early broadcasts that uh, I think it was the Colorado State game uh, that he repped out 335 20 times. What are we going to see at the Combine when he's repping out 225? That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now, Nolan Smith from Georgia. Um, I don't know if, if we're going to see him there at the Combine, but this guy, look, he's a twitched-up dude. He's 6'3", 245. Um, closing speed for days. You're going to see the athleticism there. Um, a guy that could definitely play in space. Um, a guy that, that could do a pretty good job setting the edge as well against the run. You see the blitzes, the ability to get downhill and get after the quarterback. Um, you, know, you just wish that uh, you know, he hadn't injured his shoulder uh, in, the, in the first half of that Florida game. But look, 2022 season before that, 15 hurries, six tackles for loss, two sacks. He was destined to have a huge year for the Georgia Bulldogs. Look, that defense was still explosive without him. Uh, but number four, you know, is he going to be a first rounder? You know, I, I don't think so. Um, I think there are some questions to his game because, you know, he, you know, 20 tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks. He didn't produce enough for people to say that he's an absolute first rounder. Um, I think he could find his way into round one. It's just hard to evaluate him because of some of the injuries. Um, but the hurries, that's something that I keep going back to. I look at that and I'm like, man, he had three, three sacks in his last four games there. Um, the 15 quarterback hurries, a guy that just kept finding himself in the backfield. He's exploding off the ball. He's getting into the backfield, making plays against both the run and the pass. Could he be a first rounder? You know, the more I think about it, there is a chance for Nolan Smith to be a first-round pick. Uh, but he's one of those guys that I think he'll w really impress guys in the interviews. This is a guy, look, he was the biggest cheerleader for that team the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, one of the leaders, one of the captains of the team. And so, um, you know, I'll be curious to see really where he lands if, uh, if he gets to do any of his workouts, uh, whether it's at the Combine or at his pro day. Um but, look, even if he – he won't get far. I think the Rams sitting there, I think at 36, they need edge rushers. And uh, Nolan Smith would be a guy that I think the Rams would love to get. I think there are a lot of guys – a lot of teams that are sitting right around there that could use edge rushers in, in 34 schemes. And uh, I, I think Nolan Smith, if he does fall to round two, he won't be uh, on the board very long. Dante Stills out of West Virginia. Look, 6'4", 274 pounds. Uh, kind of an undersized defensive tackle. I think this is a guy that we can ultimately see uh, moving to, um, you know, maybe a five technique at the next level. Um, a, a guy that, look, you, know, you talk about his dad, Gary, uh, 26 sacks in his career uh, there at West Virginia, a guy that played in the league for a lot of years with the Colts. Darius Stills is his uh, older brother, you know, 11 and a half sacks. And then you've got Dante. And Dante, look, you know, in terms of the size, his brother was was kind of undersized there. Dante Stills is going to offer, uh, you know, again, 6'4", 270, 280. Going to have more of that length. 53 tackles for loss, 24 and a half sacks. That's something that I think, you know, can't be 
Um, you, you can't miss that. This is a guy, he's, he's explosive. You'll see him dip his inside shoulder, some good bend. You know, when he went up against Wanya Morris when they played Oklahoma, um, being able to turn the corner, work his way back to the quarterback, really a good get off as well. You know, the explosiveness, quick penetrator. I think he's a guy that teams need to kind of look out for. You know, you're going to be looking for somebody who can make plays as in, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, both against the pass and the run. Dante Stills, look, his brother didn't get drafted despite the fact that this, you know, he's an explosive guy and a quick penetrator. Dante Stills is going to get himself drafted. He may not be very high. It'll probably be mid to late round, uh, round uh, day three. But I like Dante Stills. I love the Stills brothers watching them at, at West Virginia because they were so quick getting into the backfield. You know, I think the timing there, you see the athleticism. Um, you know, I thought, you know, look, they played against Maryland and you saw him use his hands, get physical against Jalen Duncan, the guy that, you know, a lot of people are talking about as a potential first round pick. Look, I, I, I'm curious to see where, where Darius Stills lands, but I want to see some of that athleticism come off. Uh, there at the combine, Tuli Tuli Pelotu there at USC, 6'4", 290 pounds. Look, junior, he had nothing left to prove there at USC. The Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, an All-American for the Trojans. And look, 49 was the heart and soul of that defense. This was a guy who just seemed to be living in opposing backfields. 22 tackles for loss, 13 and a half sacks. A guy that just always seemed to be, you know, he lined up all over the line. He's even a stand-up linebacker, uh, not only on the edge, but then he'd also walk up, you know, shooting A-gaps. Um, and you'd see him drop into coverage a little bit. So, you know, there were times where you wanted to see him just coming after the quarterback nonstop. He was asked to do a lot of different things because, you know, frankly, Alex Grinch's defense was limited in terms of the talent. Um, but, look, you love the explosion coming off the edge. You love his hands. I think that's really where his game is is, is at its best. Um, his rip move to the inside. You know, I, I watched him against Joe Alt, a guy that a lot of people think is going to be uh, one of the top offensive tackles in next year's draft. He and Olu uh, Fashanu, for sure. Um, he was beating him, using his his quickness, using those hands as well um, to to turn the corner. Um, you're going to see him as that edge rusher, speed to power. Driving guys back into the backfield, speed rush, pull that right ar right tackle's arm down as he's coming around. Speed coming right through there, flattens out, gets to the quarterback in a hurry. He's got speed, he's got power. He's a guy that could be, you know, really line up anywhere that you want him to be. He could be a th 34 uh, defensive end as a five technique. You could play him at a, at a three technique in, a, in an even man front. Very athletic, a guy that can play all over the line. Um, you know, really the biggest question that I'm going to have is, is you know, how much twitchiness are we going to be seeing there at the combine? What type of display are we going to see from him? Um, you know, because I talked to earlier about guys like Cameron Jordan. Um, when you look at Cameron Jordan, 6'4", 287 pounds. And again, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Cam Jordan by any means, because look, Cam Jordan um, was, a, was a tremendous athlete coming off the edge there for, for the, uh, the Cal Golden Bears at 6'4", 287, ran a 4'7", 840 with a 164 split and had 35-inch arms. I mean, this dude had, you know, just incredible wingspan, these huge 11-inch hands as well. I don't think Thule's going to have the, the arm length or the, the, the hands 
that that we saw from him. But I, I think you know that forty-yard dash. Could he run around that four-seven-eight? It's going to be close. You know that vertical jump as well. Um, one of the things that you look at in terms of the overall production: thirty-four tackles for loss, sixteen and a half sacks in his career. Cam Jordan is playing defensive end at the next level. You see what he's been able to do there uh, with the Saints. And, uh, you know, Thule, he he's a toolsy guy. I think, you know, he's you know, he struggles against the run. I think that's ultimately what's going to get him there. And I think that's what, maybe what keeps him from being a, a potential first-round pick. But, I mean, if I'm the Chargers, I'm sitting there at number 21 overall, I still want to consider Thule because of his ability to get after the quarterback, his ability to play that that, uh, that five technique, they need to get uh, a guy in there that's going to help support uh, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. I think he's the guy that could absolutely do that. May even be available there at round number two, but I think if he can showcase some of that athleticism in that tweener position as a defensive end or defensive tackle, I think that'll go a long way towards his overall draft stock. Right after Thule, you got some studs. So Thule, man, you, you better make sure that you put on a show because guaranteed Lucas Van Ness of Iowa, Keon White of Georgia Tech, and then Tyree Wilson will all put on a show. Lucas Van Ness, I mean, shoot, they call him Hercules, Thor, whatever you want to call him coming out of Iowa. This dude wasn't even the team's starter. Uh, uh, you know, Joe Evans and, and John Wagoner were, were the starters there, and Lucas Van Ness still is... Uh, putting together some crazy numbers. 6'5", 264, 10 and a half tackles for loss, six sacks, at 13 sacks in his career um, as a redshirt sophomore. Um, so a guy who could have come back and put together even better tape and been one of the top pass rushers uh, from next year's draft. But as it is, the tools are absolutely ridiculous. You see the speed to power, the leverage that he plays with, you know, the bull rush. He would just drove Paris Johnson back into the backfield. This is the guy that's, that we're talking about as a uh, top 16 pick in the draft. Physical, the good speed. He's still very raw, lacks of technique, but the athleticism is ridiculous. The strength is ridiculous. He's going to put on a show, that's for sure. You get to Keon White out of Georgia Tech, 6'5", 286 pounds possibly. And uh, the old Dominion transfer, look, um, you know, in 2019, at 19 tackles for loss, 27 quarterback hurries, 13 quarterback hits, and 635 plays. Um, transferred to Georgia Tech, and he's still putting on a show. Um, you know, as a stand-up edge rusher, did a really good job reading the quarterback, uh, getting himself into into position. Um, there were times where he got overpowered at the point of attack, but uh, you also saw him look against Ole Miss. He got driven back by Broker, who had leverage on him. But then he uses his left hand to kind of shove Broker to the side. He uses a quick swim move, wraps up Zach Evans for no gain. Um, I think one of the biggest things that everyone talked about was his ability to turn and run um, on a on a wheel route. You know, running back runs a wheel route, and he shows the athleticism to be able to do that. Um, I think that was something that was definitely impressive. Really, kind of head turning there for that athleticism. A lot of that speed to power coming off the edge, using that length to long arm guys. Um, he'll slide into that three technique on third down, use that speed to power coming off the football, two hands to the chest, um, ultimately gets into the backfield, collapses the pocket, gets after the quarterback. 
You love the speed as well, that athleticism. Is he a first-round pick? I don't know. I don't know if he's truly a first-round pick. Um, you know, one of the things that I loved, though, was what he did against Broderick Jones. Again, another guy that we're talking about as a potential top-20 pick. The burst off the football, the hands to the chest, the physicality, rip move to get the edge. Was ultimately put in a headlock, but uh, they didn't end up calling it. And uh, that athleticism, man, he, he and the power. Let's see what he could do at the at the combine because he's following Lucas Van Ness, two guys that I think can end up helping themselves potentially solidify their status as first round picks. Then you have Tyree Wilson, who's ultimately trying to showcase his ability as a potential top five pick if, if Seattle. Um, is sitting there on the board, and uh, both Jalen Carter and Will Anderson are off the board. I look at Tyree Wilson. Look, 6'6", 275. He's a twitchy athlete, um, violent hands. Uh, the quick get-off, though, he, he can bend, rip, coming off the edge, stand-up defensive end, put his hand in the, in the dirt as well. Um, you know, look, tight end, try to chip him, runs right through it, the speed to the quarterback affecting the throw, uses those long arms and long limbs that absolutely is is uh is on display you see the speed you see the power you see his ability to play both the run and the pass you see the instincts as well um he's got a plan as a pass rusher you see some of the secondary moves as well um he's not the the most twitchy of the guys um in, in this group uh, you know you're not going to see him bend nearly as much as say a guy like Miles Murphy, but the length and the power I think are superior to Murphy's. So that's really what's going to be interesting. You know, when we see these two guys coming off the board, I think he'll fit in very well in Seattle. I think that's ultimately where I think Tyree Wilson is going to end up going. He did battle a foot injury, which ultimately made him declare for the draft. Didn't play the rest of the season. Ended up sitting out that Oklahoma game. I think was the first game that he missed. But uh, man, you put on the film at Texas Tech. And uh, number 19 just jumps out at you. Uh, really a lot of fun to watch. Colby Wooden there at Auburn, 6'5", 284. Not overly bendy, but can, can rush the passer coming off the edge a little bit. Um, can stack and shed, shoot inside versus the run. Pad level's inconsistent. Um, struggles a lot with that. Um, seems to lose leverage way too easily. Um, Want to see what type of athlete he is. You know, he's one of those guys to where at 6'5", 284, you know, maybe he can kick inside. You know, I think he could also potentially be that five tech. Um, really want to see what he can be at the next level. What can we really see out of him? And I think the combine is going to help us kind of be able to picture some of that. Let us go back to the tape again and, and study him a little bit more if we need to. Um, then you get into the Byron Youngs. Byron Young of Alabama, 6'3", 292. I think because of some of the other players on that defensive uh, defensive front, he wasn't really getting a lot of the credit. But you know, I, I saw a guy who was very athletic, and uh, you know, there's a three-game stretch where he had three three sacks and a forced fumble. Um, he did get two upright at times. He needs to watch that at pad level as well. Um, but you know, I thought he did a great job working outside to maintain outside leverage. Works across the line versus the run. There was a play where you know he read the running back, cutting back to the inside. Good change of a direction to get back to the inside and drop the running back. Um, keeps working to get to the quarterback. You see the effort as well. And at 6'3", 292, 
you know, I, I think he could be a, a five technique. And I, I think the athleticism and then the intelligence. I think he's well coached. You see the gap integrity. Uh, you see his ability to set the edge against the run, uh, making good reads out there as well. He's one of those guys to me that uh, is going to surprise some people, I think. And I'm curious to see just how athletic he's going to be stacking up against some of these other uh, potential five techniques. You get Colby Wooden and Byron Young back-to-back. That's going to be something that I'm going to be really curious to see uh, play out. Then you have the other Byron Young out of Tennessee at 6'3", 235 pounds. Really can't confuse the two Byron Youngs, uh, but the guy out of Tennessee is a guy that, um, you know, I think he's a little undersized. So, you know, is he going to be a 35, 34 outside linebacker? Can he play with his hand in the dirt as a, as a 4'3 uh, defensive end? That's going to be a question that I think we're going to want to try to get answered uh, at some point during the combine and, and throughout the, the whole process. And uh, you know, some teams may have already formed an opinion on that. I haven't quite gotten there just yet, but uh, we know that this guy has the explosiveness. Back-to-back seasons with 10 plus tackles for loss, 23 and a half in his career, 12 and a half sacks, a guy who can be pretty bendy coming off the edge. You see him run twists and using that speed, straight line speed to get, uh, to get through gaps. Um, you know, I, I think he could use that speed coming off the edge. And look, he's not just a one-trick pony. He's not just going to play the, the pass. He can also get it, you know, be effective against the run as well. So I think that's going to definitely help his draft stock. I think he's a day two pick. You know, the only question mark is is exactly where you're going to play him. And uh, if a team already has figured that thing out, then uh, you know, I think it's it's uh, you know going to be a probably that, that second second third round uh, is where you're going to see Young much better than the, the, the days when he was a Dollar General assistant manager uh, from 2017 to 2019. Um, really a, a cool story um, and a guy that I think is just, uh, I think he's continuing to get better and better as well. Finally, Cameron Young out of Mississippi State, 6'3", 315 pounds. Um, you know, look, he was the, the nose tackle, 34 uh, defense there for the Bulldogs, lined up over the center. Not the not an incredible athlete, um, a guy who I thought did, did a great job holding his ground against double teams. Um, you know, he tried to overpower guys, um, take them straight on. Um, I thought he used his hands well in hand fighting, but he didn't always advance his position. So he's one of those guys that I think you know he needs to showcase some of that athleticism um, and, and showcase some of the power as well. He, he's just somebody that. Uh, uh, you know, he'd slide out, you know, laterally getting outside, but that slow movement also made it difficult for him to change direction to get back into the other direction. So really, I, I think there's some limitations to him physically. And so that's really going to be the big question mark is, is, you know, can he showcase some athleticism at the combine? So I know we ran a little bit longer than we wanted to, but we kept it under 90 minutes. Uh, so hopefully you've enjoyed the content to this point. Those are the guys that I've watched. I've watched a lot of game film, watched it during the season, watched the All-22s as well. And uh, those are some of the the, the takeaways that I have, especially getting into the combine. 
I want to see what these guys look like. I want to see the athleticism. I want to see some of the power. You know, the, we know that we've got some of the freaks in here. Um, we've got some raw athletes. And then you're going to see some of the technicians. And I think that's going to be evident in a lot of the different drills. And I'm just excited. You've got guys that are going to get drafted in all three days of the draft. Guys that are going to make an impact for their teams. Not just on special teams. Not just as starters. But guys that can be in that rotation and make plays for uh, for their team. And uh, you know this is just the start of it here at the Combine. And uh, you know, you'll get to compare a lot of the guys you know, to each other. And I know they talk about it being the, the underwear Olympics, but this is really the one setting where you can get all of these guys in one place, be able to see them and kind of compare them against each other and really see how they move, how they flow, uh, the type of athletes that they are, and really be able to use that and, and compare that to the game film. Is it the same guy that I'm seeing? I, I think about Kareem Hunt you know, a few years ago. When he entered the, the combine, looked much more explosive as a, a smaller back. He lost some weight, became much more explosive, and you take that away. And, and that's something that I think you absolutely are looking for with these guys is when they've had some time to prepare for the combine, what type of athlete are we going to see? You know, Are they uh, putting in that time or are we going to see some of those disappointing times and really start scratching your head wondering what's going on? Uh, I'll never forget Anquan Bolden. I actually had him as a first-round pick. And then he goes out to the combine, runs at that 4-7, 4-8, and uh, ultimately was a third-round pick. I mean, we know the type of career that Anquan Bolden had, but you know, the, the performance there at the combine really had a lot of people shook. You know, and then you also want to make sure that you know, you're you guard against you know, those workout warriors. I think Mike Mula, after he had such a phenomenal combine performance, Eagles really fell in love with him. Was a top ten pick as a result, and you know we know the type of career that Mike Mabula really had, kind of an NFL draft bust. And uh, so the workout warriors are guys that you want to stay away from. So if you get wowed by somebody's performance, that should take you back to the game field. And did you see the same athlete? Did you see that performance there out on the field? If so, then really all the combine is doing is just validating what you've already seen. If you're seeing a different player, then really that's going to be the next question is, is why? Why am I seeing a different player here at the Combine than I did during the season? Is this a guy that, hey, he looks good um, you know, without the pads on, but once you actually get him out there on the field, he just doesn't finish. He doesn't, you know, he's not that playmaker. Um, you know, there are a lot of different question marks there. Um, so you don't want to necessarily just fall in love with that, you know, a guy that's going to just be that workout warrior. There are some guys here that are going to put on a show athletically, but I think those are also guys that can go back to the film and see some of that. I think some of the limitations for some of those guys are going to be more on technique than anything else. So you, know, you really have to make sure that you've got that game film studied, you know who you're looking at, and uh, be able to kind of take things from there. So we'll go ahead and put a bow on this podcast Next podcast, we're going to be talking about the linebackers. You know, who's going to be the top guy? Is it going to be Drew Sanders? Is it going to be Trenton Simpson? Are we going to be talking about Jack Campbell? You know, with that linebacking group, not only is it going to be that group of guys, but we're also going to see some of the edge rushers as well, guys that I didn't mention already. So we've got you know the Will Andersons to uh, Andre Carter. Um, Nick Herbig is another guy as an edge rusher. B.J. Ojulari, O'Shawn Mathis, uh, Lonnie Phelps, 
also will be there. Uh, traditional linebackers, mentioned a few of the others, but then you'll also have Noah Sewell. You're going to have Dayon Henley, a guy that I'm really excited to see. How about Servassier Dennis? I mentioned Derek Hall earlier. Yasir Abdullah is a guy that I think is underrated. Uh, same with Dorian Williams there out of Tulane. D. Winters from TCU I think has a chance. Henry To'o could end up being a second-round pick when it's all said and done as well. Um, Ivan Pace has a chance to be the most explosive linebacker in the draft that could help improve his draft stock with a huge 40 40 time and a huge performance at the combine. So there are some definite athletes to be on the lookout for with this draft uh, linebacker draft class. So until next time, everyone, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Get ready for that combine. Until next time, 